This is a podcast by The Straits Times. The Manpower Ministry today announced it's raising the minimum salaries for employment pass and S pass holders. Well, the reason job market conditions have changed due to the COVID-19 crisis and it's all the more important that employers give fair treatment to Singaporeans. Well, currently, EP holders must earn a fixed monthly salary of at least $3,900, while SPAS holders must earn at least $2,400. The salary criteria for both passes were last raised earlier this year. More details of the changes will be given soon. Now, it comes amid growing concerns about competition between Singaporeans and foreigners in a job market that has weakened in recent months. Securing jobs for Singaporeans is at the top of the government's agenda for the new session of Parliament. Several more ministries today announced their priorities and plans. The Trade, Manpower and Communications and Information Ministries, as well as the Monetary Authority of Singapore and National Research Foundation in the Prime Minister's office, release their addenda to the President's address. They will prioritise helping workers stay in jobs through the COVID-19 crisis, helping industries to transform and remain relevant beyond the pandemic, strengthening Singapore's connectivity and hub status, as well as investing in technology and helping businesses seize new opportunities for growth. Let's bring in senior political correspondent Grace Ho to further discuss today's agenda. Grace, welcome to the show. Grace, the EP salary threshold was just raised in May for new applicants, uh, while the minimum salary for S-Pass holders was raised in January. It's only been a few months since the last changes. So what factors do you think spurred these latest changes to the salary thresholds for both EP and S-Pass holders? Um, earlier in March this year, when the MOM's budget was being debated, um, Minister Josephine Teo said that the increases are in line with uh, rising wages of fresh graduates from local universities. But just a few months down the road, we've had a pandemic that caused massive unemployment uh, all across the world. And in addition to you know, traineeships and internships and attachments, um, there also has to be some structural tweaks you know, in foreign manpower policy if we are to create more jobs for Singaporeans and to nudge companies towards hiring more locals in the long term. So um, as Ms. Teo has said, um, you know, the, the pandemic caused massive economic disruption. It's produced slack in the labour market, and that's why the latest measure is needed. But there are no details yet. Um, all, all that's really clear today is that the Ministry wants to see businesses commit to strengthening their Singaporean core. Um, there's also a second part to this, which is that it wants them to diversify the nationalities among the EP and S-Pass holders that they employ. And some of this is also because of, you know, last month's announcement, I think, um, you know, that there was some public furor over how um, more, more employers have been added to the Fair Consideration Framework watch list for potentially discriminatory hiring practices. Uh, Manpower Minister Josephine Teo also said the move to raise the minimum salaries is to ensure employers give fair treatment to Singaporeans. Does this mean, though, that companies will hire more Singaporeans instead, especially for positions which are often filled by foreigners, uh, Grace? Well, raising the salary bar does help to some extent in ensuring a more level playing field for your experienced local mid-career PMETs. So, for instance, if you have um, an older, more experienced foreign PMET, um, he would have to earn almost double the minimum salary of 3900 under the current EP requirements. And now, if that goes up further, it gives employers some pause when they are considering whether to hire a foreigner or a local of equivalent wages. 
um, that plus the fact that you know one doesn't have to jump through the additional administrative hoops for uh, an EP holder. For example, your immigration procedures, having to renew the pass once the contract is up, and so on. But but that's the regulatory side of things. So it still very much depends on whether companies are committed to building up the Singaporean core. And sometimes there's a bit of inertia. So um, you know people have said that, for instance, in the back office operations of financial institutions. Um, once they have a certain number of people of a certain nationality, this then in turn tends to attract more of the same kind of foreign workers. So, so that's where moral suasion is very important. Um, MAS, the, the central bank, for instance, has said that it will continue to actively engage financial institutions on their hiring practices. Right. On that note, even if companies uh, pivot to hire Singaporeans with this change, it does not necessarily mean that Singaporeans want to take up these jobs. Now, in other words, uh, this change affects foreign employment, but does not in any way spur local employment. Do you think then more can be done to spur local employment to fill up the jobs, which would supposedly be left vacant when the changes kick in? There is a mismatch sometimes in job scope and salary expectations, especially for mid-career workers. Um, some job seekers may not even have thought about these industries now that they could go into or they might feel that mm, the level of salary is not quite what we're looking for. So for instance, if you have heavy family commitments, you may wonder if a low-paying traineeship is enough to keep your family afloat for several months. Or let's say if the pandemic blows over, then if you have a low-paying job on your CV, that might make future employers lowball your future salary. Um, but for these Singaporeans, I mean, the message from the government has been to stay open, step out of your comfort zone, and consider these new opportunities because they could very well be the industry that you pivot to permanently. Um, companies have also been exhorted to change their hiring practices and to redesign jobs, but there's no easy answer, and there's still a good chance that thousands of workers will end up involuntarily unemployed, perhaps for long periods, depending on how COVID-19 pans out. Changing uh, the subject, Grace, the Ministry of Trade and Industry's addendum today pointed to a major move that Singapore needs to undertake, that is to bolster its connectivity as well as its status as a hub. Well, the COVID-19 crisis has definitely upended life as we know it. So what would this uh, hub status look like then in this new normal? Well, yeah, so that's the interesting thing about um, MTI's plan in particular is that it's not just about saving jobs and preserving a Singapore core, which has really been the focus in the public discourse, but it's also about the need to strike a balance. Um, because if you think about it, you know, keeping Singapore's borders and as well as its own approach to business and talent open and welcoming is key to creating job opportunities. So the two things are not mutually exclusive. And so um, the Trade and Industry Minister Chan Chun Singh has said that his ministry will strengthen links with the world for markets, supplies, technology, and talent. It will keep trade routes open, ensure the continued flow of goods between countries, and will also continue to sign digital economy agreements uh, to boost trade in the digital economy. Now, all of this openness and improved connectivity makes a lot of business sense because if you have technology companies, they will have more confidence in basing their global platforms and digital services from Singapore. Um, Singapore could also be a hub for logistics firms that are looking to diversify their supply chains so that they're not affected so badly the next time COVID-19 or something similar happens. And if we stay open to talent and businesses that want to anchor themselves here, then Singapore could see a potentially more vibrant ecosystem of R&D laboratory, deep tech startups, uh, accelerators and incubators.
Mm, right. Great insights uh, there, Grace. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. We're speaking to senior political correspondent, Grace Ho. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.